We are back, folks. Don't know if we're better than ever, but we're definitely back. We're here. We're alive. Hearts beating. Lungs are breathing. Eyeballs are working. We're good. We're alive. That's 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 a win coming off this past Sunday. I'll tell you what. I was in a tussle for my life this past Sunday. One of the worst hangovers I've had in a while. And it seems every day I come on here, every Monday, every Tuesday, Ooh, this hangover this week at worst one ever. It just keeps getting worse and worse. It was a battle. I'm not talking, oh, you know, I kind of got caught in mouth. My head hurts a bit. No. I'm talking about like who's gonna who's gonna do the eulogy. I'm talking about what are people gonna say about me when I'm done. I'm talking about I close my eyes and I see the light. We were we were in a battle this past Sunday. Hell in a cell, no holds barred cage match fucking in one in one almost like a one-on-three like the undertaker ray mysterio and john cena ganging up on my ass except it was a headache a stomach ache and just my entire body feeling like i get hit with a sledgehammer absolute battle absolute fucking battle i i ran into a buzzsaw is what happened saturday night i ran into a buzzsaw there was there was no way the plans I, I went through with and carried out Saturday night, there was no way I was walking out of that without feeling like shit on Sunday. I'll promise you that. There was no possible way it didn't end with me feeling like ass laying on a couch for 12 hours on Sunday. There's no way. It did. That's it. It was a guarantee. It was a 100% guarantee. We had We had multiple forces working against me Saturday night. I'll tell you, first things first. I was fresh Friday. So Saturday comes around. Listen, as much as I hate being hungover, I equally enjoy getting after it. I equally enjoy getting a little social. Hey, how you been? Let's okay. Hey, yes. Let's all dress up, make a few jokes, socialize. I'll drink 14 white claws. What of it? Just as much as I hate being hungover, I enjoy doing that stuff. Let's get after it. Let's play some good music. Let's smile. Let's laugh. Let's have some fucking fun, baby. It's Saturday night. Mix that, a little bit of that, and not doing anything Friday. I'm just that much more eager to get after it. it. Everybody knows that Friday feeling. It's one of the most dangerous things about Friday. You get to Friday, not even like 5, Friday like 2 p.m. week in and week out, and you can't take your mind off anything except what, like, what you're going to do Friday night. Getting after it, putting some beers down, hanging out, sitting outside on the patio, enjoying the weather, slugging down Oberons like there's no tomorrow. You can't move past it. Friday at 2 p.m. comes around, forget it. Forget it. Nothing else is on the mind but good times and good beer. You skip out on a Friday. You say, you know what? Pass. I don't want to be hungover and ruin my entire Saturday. Pass on a Friday. Saturday comes around. It's that times 10. It's that much worse. Well, I didn't do anything yesterday. I can't waste both weekend days. I can't sit around and watch movies both days of the weekend. I didn't do anything Friday. It's Saturday. I got to. That was playing a role. That was absolutely playing a role in what happened to me. It's hard enough to turn down the Friday feel. Once Saturday comes with the compounded Friday feel, it's it's there's no chance. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. I'm trying to be like Hodor, keeping the White Walkers off me. It gets to a point, Saturday, 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m., plans start to materialize. It gets to the point, I don't care how big you are, I don't care how many times you scream, hold the door, 
those white walkers are breaking through and I'm going to drink all the white claws in sight. It gets to a point where you just can't stop it. And that's exactly what happened. That was one element. I ran into a buzzsaw. I can't even reiterate that enough. What, what happened to me, my urge to not be hung over was met to put it in sports terms. It's like it was met with the 85 bears defense and my will to not be hung over was the equivalent of the 2015 Troy High School offense, which for those of you that didn't go to Troy High School may not be familiar, um, is the definition of the word inept. Absolutely terrible. Brutal. Brutal. Obviously, high school against the 85 Bears, you don't stand a chance anyway. But even if they were the 85 Bears when they were all in high school, it still would have been brutal. Didn't stand a fucking chance. I ran into a buzzsaw. I ran into a buzzsaw. I had the likes of Mike Ditka and Mike Singletary breathing down my neck. I'm just a lowly, like 5'10", 140-pound kid that got thrown into playing quarterback two weeks ago because the starter hurt himself. That's where I was at in terms of me saying no to going out Saturday night. So we have the compounded, I don't know what you want to call it, chomping at the bit, just itch to socialize, itch to hit the town, itch to get that light buzz going, and all of a sudden think you're the smoothest guy in town. You have four white claws, all of a sudden you're Vince Vaughn in every movie he's ever been in. I had the itch. I had the itch. I couldn't say no. Compound that, I've talked about this many a time on this feed. I've done an entire episode, as a matter of fact, on this feed totally centered on this phenomenon, which is one of the most incredible phenomenons of the human experience. One of my favorite phenomenons of the human experience, that being the power of reconnecting, reconnecting beers, just that feeling that is in the air when you're with a group you haven't hung out with in a long time. That feeling where all of a sudden for one night, you guys all, you guys all can drink like you did five years ago. Everybody is pushing it to the limit. There is no going home early. There is no, ooh, I'm kind of tired. There is no, you know what? Can you give me a water? See ya. Out the window. Every single one of those, out the window. Never existed. Don't even think twice. That feeling in the air. Oh, man. It's been a year since we've hung out. That feeling, just the excitement. A little bit of nerves almost. A little bit of nerves like, oh, shit. Like, we don't even, like, you got to, like, relearn everybody. Everyone's excited to be there. You're excited to talk. You're excited to see how everyone's doing. You're excited to just fucking share some booze with these other people. You're just excited for every aspect of what's going on. You mix in a compounded Friday feeling with the power of reconnecting beers. I've talked about, I've done a dedicated episode to the power of reconnecting beers and how honestly they may be the best type of beers. Like when you get together with a group it's been six plus months you get together and it's time to go like those vibes, that morale of that group Saturday night, 9 PM, that group, that's as high as you can be. Like, I don't care if you're Bezos after he made his first billion. I don't care if you're Drake after winning the 70th Grammy or however many, I don't care if you're Tarantino after winning an Oscar, uh, any of those situations, your vibes cannot possibly exceed those vibes of the Saturday night, 9 PM. It's been a year for all of us. We're ready to just have a fucking time. It doesn't matter what you do. Win a Nobel peace prize, solve the, the cure to world hunger. It doesn't matter what you do. It's like a law of diminishing returns. You still, you still, you could be the greatest human being alive, whatever accomplishments or things you're doing, you still can't exceed 
the feeling and the morale of the reconnecting Saturday night. Let's tear this town up just like old times. You just can't do it. Compound that with Friday night, missing out on a Friday night and doubling that into Sunday, throw in some reconnecting beers, throw in hitting the town with the group you haven't hit the town in ages with. It's a dangerous game. It is a dangerous game, and it proved to be so. High school team against the 85 Bears. Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw. Hurricane. I ran into a hurricane. Hurricane Henry, the one in New York. Whatever hurricane's about to hit Florida, whatever hurricane's hitting Puerto Rico, it's like they all came together and made a super hurricane and blasted me in the face Saturday night. Woke up Sunday, thought I was dying. Woke up Sunday. I don't know what having a tapeworm inside of you feels like. Sitting there like, I don't, maybe I do have a tapeworm. I don't know. My insides feel like they're fucking deteriorating now. My brain actually is off. You know how your brain has the electrical signals? One of the most incredible occurrences in, in the kingdom of life. The human brain has the electrical impulses, and that's what fires our nerves and allows us to think. It's like the power was turned off. You know, big storm, your power's off in your house. Power was turned off in my brain. Like I couldn't, if I had to think about anything, you got about four seconds of of real hard focus and then I'm out. And then I'm checking my phone mindlessly. My eyes are closed. I'm just staring at the ceiling. Like we were hitting that point where I'm so fucking just dead where I, I can't even check my phone watch a movie. I can't even focus on that. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm staring at the wall, just like, Oh, what's going on here? When is this going to stop? <laughs> Am I going to feel like this for the rest of my life? It was ran into a bus. Sad part is the saddest part of it all. I fucking knew it was coming too. I mean, I laid out the scenario for Saturday night. I went into it Saturday night. We're sitting there pre-gaming and I'm already thinking like, damn, being hung over tomorrow is going to suck, eh? Already was thinking about it. They didn't even, hadn't even gone to the bar. We're still at the pregame. Been at the pregame for like an hour, like four White Claws in. Maybe not four. That seems a little aggressive or a little, I mean, not even aggressive. Just I fiz- I'm the worst like chugger. Rate of pay or rate of play drinking, I'm terrible at. I can't do like 10 beers in 10 minutes. Can't do that shit. I can go for distance. I'm a marathon guy, no doubt, but I struggle with a lot of liquid in a short amount of time. Either way, hour into the pregame, White Claws are flowing. White Claws are flowing. Conversations in the air, the excitement's in the air, the reconnect magic. The reconnect magic was in the air. The pixie dust was being sprinkled. I knew it. I knew it was happening. I knew before it ever happened that Sunday was going to be the worst than it was. It's fucking pathetic. I wrote a blog about this last week. It's fucking sad how, I mean, it is what it is. Like it's whatever, but it's sad how now when I'm going to go do something social, we're going to go out, we're going to do this. I'm sitting there considering the hangover now. I'm sitting there like, oh, it sounds great. Like I should say yes and be stoked to do it no matter what, but I'm sitting there now and I'm giving it a little extra thought and I'm, it's. I don't want to, I'm going to feel like shit on Sunday. And that sounds, that sounds like the worst. Not that I need to do stuff Sunday. Not that I need to be proactive and doing this and that for eight hours on Sunday. No, I don't like feeling like shit though. Do you, do you like waking up on a Sunday morning and you're the first thought is like, did I get fucking poisoned? 
Am I going to die? Are my bones going to melt within my skin or like deteriorate? What is happening to me? I don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling. Love being social. Love going out. Love getting after it. It's fun to get after it. But man, oh man, when you pay the fucking piper the next day, they're adding up. They're adding up. And it's starting to be like, oh, it's not that I, I, it's not that I'm saying no because I don't want to. It's I'm saying no because like I fucking refuse to feel like ass tomorrow. It's a goddamn shame. But it is what it is. It was worth it. You know what? I'll probably be doing something similar again on Saturday. And it'll be great. And I'll be hung over. And I'll start the Monday podcast the same fucking way. It's the circle of life, baby. It's the circle of life. I'm 24 years old. This is what I'm going to keep telling myself. That's just what 24-year-olds do. <laughs> That's what young people do. We're young. We're just messing around. We're having fun. Living life. That's just what we do. That's what I'm going to keep keep telling myself until one day I, in fact, do wake up. And my liver's failing and it's like, oh, I, today I actually am dying today. Until then, we're just having fun. All right. We'll take a quick break. Um, I was going to do this last week, but today is the day. I'm fucking excited to talk about it. Re- been reading about marshmallows. We're going to do the history of marshmallows. Not really sure why I thought of it last week sometime. I was just sitting like, where the fuck did marshmallows come from? And there is some fascinating stuff, let me tell you, about marshmallows. So I'm excited. We're going to get into it. People who created marshmallows are disgusting. I hate them, but it is interesting. So let's get into it. Quick break. We'll be right back with the history of the marshmallow. The art of the marshmallow. We all are familiar. No, I'm not going to do that. We all are familiar, though. You know what a marshmallow is. You've eaten them. S'mores you probably have had around the campfire. Maybe you're up north for the 4th of July family vacation. Someone brings out the Reese's Cups. They say, you know what? I'm going to take your s'more and I'm going to raise it. A fucking peanut butter s'more. You get the marshmallows toasted, hopefully golden brown. Maybe you're one of those people that catches them on fire. Not really my thing, but hey, to each their own. We all know marshmallows. My question, few things about marshmallows. Let me run through why I was just interested and I was like, fuck it, let's talk about marshmallows. First things first, I hate them. I think they're gross. I like s'mores. I do like s'mores. I think they're tasty on s'mores, absolutely. You get them melted, you roast them over a fire, put them with a little chocolate and a graham cracker, they'll play. No doubt about it, they will play. And they'll play well. They'll play well. They'll play at an all-pro level if you're not careful. I don't know how regular marshmallows are sold, though. I don't know how they make variations like that company Peeps. I don't know how enough people are buying marshmallows to eat, like, raw, that they're creating fucking duck-looking ones. They have them for Easter. They have them for every month of the year, it seems. A different shape, different color, different animal marshmallow. I don't understand where these people are coming from that just eat raw marshmallows. That to me, that's where it loses me. I can do the s'more. I like a good s'more and s'mores are great too because you don't, or at least me, you don't have them that frequently. So when you do have a s'more, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. I don't know when the next time I'll have a s'more is, but oh my God, raw marshmallows. Who, who in their right mind? Who in their right mind's hungry or has a little sweet tooth hankering and is like, you know what? I'm going to run up to the store, get a big bag of marshmallows, just fucking run through them. Who is doing that? 
Who is doing that? I don't understand it, to be honest. Which kind of set me on the path of who? Where did they come from? Who did, who discovered them? They, shockingly enough, that were the the history of them is fascinating. But like, I would have bet my life savings that marshmallows don't occur in nature, right? Because that what I mean, they're like a cube of sugar, a little round cylinder of sugar. They're fucking weird looking. They don't grow on trees. I've never seen them a marshmallow bush. I don't know if you have. I've never seen one of those. Um, they couldn't be a better poster child for processed foods. <laughs> they really couldn't be. Like if you if someone didn't speak English or didn't understand, I don't even know what processed foods were, you would just be like, here, it's like these things are a great example. Just sugar, gross fucking sugar balls that people sell to each other and eat raw. That's it. That's why people are fat right there. I don't understand them. They're the fucking gross raw. Um, I don't know why anybody would ever buy marshmallows. Like if you are, you're at the store, oh, I kind of want something sweet. There are, I don't know, infinity options that are better than marshmallows, like cookies, cake, pie, chips. Well, not chips, I guess. Candy, anything really chocolate. There are so many better options. Maybe a muffin, a donut. There are so many better options than marshmallows. You, you just have a sweet tooth. You like to have a marshmallow after your dinner. Just do like a chocolate chip cookie. Why would you ever eat marshmallows? Why would that ever be anyone's like sweet of choice? Crazy to me. Okay. So they're gross looking. They're gross tasting. Um, I don't, I don't really get it. Like, I don't get why anyone, how they sell so many of them. Like nobody's making s'mores that fucking much. Uh, I don't understand where they come from. They can't be produced in nature, which brings me to my next point, or I don't think they can be, or I didn't think they can be produced in nature, which brings me to my last point about marshmallows. We have sugar. You have like powdery sugar. What we all know, the sugar that looks like salt. Everybody's got that. Who is the sick, sick bastard that looked at the fucking cup of sugar and was like, man, if only there was a way where I could just eat that. If only there was a way I didn't need a spoonful of sugar. I could eat the equivalent of a spoonful of sugar, but like in a portable fashion where it didn't spill everywhere. Who's the sick bastard? Why? Why did somebody come to that? Why did someone need to go there? You could like the normal, whatever that you eat, like molasses, I guess that's not that sweet, but like syrup wasn't good enough. Normal sugar's not cutting the cake. Cookies and shit aren't doing it. You needed to somehow form a portable solid sugar cylinder. You had to do that. You 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 couldn't live without that. <laughs> like wh- how fucking obsessed with sugar? How gross do you need to be to be the person that was like, dude, I'm gonna figure out how to make sugar balls that you can just eat on the road and put in bags. <laughs> I'm gonna figure it out. I promise you. Why did someone go down that road? Why did someone go down that road? They needed to coagulate sugar and make it into a portable cylinder gross, even more gross right there with the processed food, right? Just you had to do it. That's disgusting. Just sugar balls. 
there's nothing to them either. It's not like they're drizzled in chocolate. It's not like there's another element. It's no, just sugar, but now it's solid and you can squeeze them. <laughs> That's pretty much it. You can transform them into like ducks and Easter bunnies and paint them pink and blue. And they taste like shit, by the way. They taste like absolute ass. That's the real kicker about it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to coagulate a bunch of sugar and make them into a solid portable snack. And if that isn't good enough, we're going to make sure they taste like absolute ass. Don't understand. So let's get into the history of it. So I mentioned, I don't understand how marshmallows could possibly occur in nature. Like, just look at them. Those things aren't grown on fucking trees. They scream. No food more than marshmallows scream built in a lab to make human beings fat as shit. No food. No food looks more processed than a marshmallow. Honestly, what's one thing that you that you can look at and say, yeah, there's probably more fucking, uh, what's the high fructose corn syrup in that? What's the one thing that looks more processed than a marshmallow? I honestly don't know. I, I don't think there is anything that can compete. Look at the thing. Look at the thing. It's like they created it to make the population disgusting and unhealthy. They're so gross looking. But here's the here's shocking part number 1. Ancient Egyptians were the first to enjoy a gooey treat now called the marshmallow as early as 2000 BC. Okay, ancient Egyptians are the smartest human beings that have ever lived. We people think we're evolving, people think we're getting smarter. I fucking disagree. I had a podcast, we did another one about the ancient Egyptians not too long ago talking about how they built the pyramids. I couldn't do that today. I couldn't do that today. You can give me all the resources in the world, all the money, all the cranes, all the manual labor. I couldn't do that today. These people were just firing up pyramids left, right, and center. No big fucking deal. And they discovered marshmallows. What's up? I would have thought when the marshmallow was invented, I would have bet it was like oh, in 1960, some candy, like pretty much real life Willy Wonka was like, what's a way I can just create something that's only sugar? The ancient Egyptians cracked the code on this 4,000 years ago. And here, this is another just blasphemous part. This is blasphemous. The treat was considered very special and it was reserved for gods and royalty. Poor, poor bastards. Hey, they may have been the smartest people of all humankind, but those kings and gods were eaten the worst. You're a king. You're a god. You're a pharaoh. And the big thing you get is a marshmallow. Pass. Pass. Rather be a plebeian. Pass. Oh, happy birthday, Pharaoh. For tonight's dessert, your favorite, a marshmallow. I'm the most powerful man in our civilization. And you come to me with a marshmallow? Everybody's getting beheaded. I'm sorry. It's a little ruthless. It was a ruthless time. It was a ruthless time. We're talking 2000 before Christ here ruthless time. Let's not forget they put Jesus Christ on a cross and nailed his hands and feet. Like 2000 years before that, beheading a few guys for bringing you a marshmallow, that's not that crazy. You bring me a marshmallow, it's the 30th birthday of the pharaoh. You bring me a marshmallow, you're going inside the pyramid. You're going inside the pyramid. We're burying you alive. Fuck no. Marshmallow? Give me a pie. Give me a, a slice of bread. Give me literally anything that isn't a marshmallow. That's what you had like Kings and the gods. That's how, Oh man, high class. Let's give them a marshmallow. 
good God. So apparently, though, it, this makes sense as to how the ancient Egyptians were the ones to discover it or begin eating marshmallows. Apparently, they are found in nature. They're from, <laughs> get this, get this on the history of marshmallows. They're made from the mallow plant. I didn't know that existed. So marshmallows do grow on trees or bushes. The mallow plant, M-A-L-L-O, the mallow plant. It grows wild in marshes. It's native to Asia and Europe. And the Egyptians, smart fucking people, those Egyptians. Shout out. If anybody listening, you got a little Egyptian in you, shout out to you. You're probably just predisposed to being smarter than everyone. The Egyptians squeezed sap from the mallow plant and mixed it with nuts and honey. That doesn't sound too bad. However, nobody knows what the candy looked like in those times. So they weren't serving up sugar cubes back then or sugar cylinders. See, that to me, that to me sounds more like, um, you know, Fluffernutters, the marshmallow like spread. That sounds to me like they're getting marshmallow spread, a little bit of some nuts, maybe some fresh fruit. That doesn't sound too bad. That sounds edible. That sounds like you like you get some strawberries in there. You get some oats mixed in there. Now we're talking. Now I can work with that. Now when it's the Pharaoh's 30th birthday, you bring me a bowl of fresh strawberries, maybe some granola and, and marshmallow spread. Okay, fine. We can work with that. Don't bring me a, a marshmallow as we know it today, though. Don't bring me a sugar cylinder and say, happy birthday, Pharaoh. You're the most incredible human being on earth because you're going to get beheaded if you do that. Bring me a bowl, little fluffernutter spread, fresh fresh fruit, berries, some oats, some granola. Then you can keep your head. Then maybe I'll anoint you my court jester if I'm the pharaoh of Egypt. That's just me. That's just me. The French were then introduced to the marshmallow in the 1800s. And this is where we start getting, this is where we start getting marshmallows, how we know them today. They took the sap from the mallow root. I still can't believe marshmallows actually come from a plant that doesn't even that still doesn't seem i'm reading it and they're saying it's a fact that marshmallows the sap is is harvested from the mallow plant um i still kind of refuse to believe that though ever that ever happened to you you read something and you're like well i know i'm reading it and it's i mean it's saying it's true and this is a reputable source but uh, not really sure that it's not sure I believe it. <laughs> Even though they're telling me that it is 100% a fact, not quite sure I buy it. I'm reading this off candyusa.com. If anybody is going to know their shit about candy in general, but about marshmallows and the history and the origination and the der the derivish derivation where marshmallows come from, if there's anybody, any organization that's going to know their stuff, I would bet it's the National Confectionery Association, the NCA. Ah, who knew that exists? If the National Confectionery Association isn't going to know where marshmallows came from, who fucking will? But at the same time, to the idea that those things that, like I said, could be the poster boy for processed food, they're telling me it's derived from a plant. I don't really know about that. I really don't know about that. So they would take the, uh, they would take the sap and, and it turned into a candy mold. This says they were struggling to keep up with demand in the 1800s. Again, really? Who the fuck's ordering marshmallows? Who the fuck is ordering a marshmallow? Who's demanding? Who's going to the corner store demanding a bag of marshmallows? You got to be out of your mind. There's so many better options 
in every single sense of dessert and every single use of sugar, there's better options. So they, they were starting to make uh, marshmallow molds out of modified cornstarch and they replaced the mala root. Here's where we get processed. Here's where we get processed. I fucking knew it. Late 1800s, they, they replaced the mala root, that sap, with gelatin, processed as shit. Couldn't be more human made if it wanted to. And this created the solid marshmallow. This created the marshmallow stable form, like, a, like it's a volatile chemical. This gelatin coming in, that made the marshmallow, the portable fucking cylinder of sugar. That gave us marshmallows, as we know. That laid the roots for companies like Peeps. Should be ashamed. I can't believe. I can't believe there's a company as big worldwide that has probably, I don't even know how many billions of dollars Peeps has done in sales. But the fact that there's a company that's done that and all they do is sell fucking marshmallows and they're so, so gross too. It's so, so gross. I don't even, why? Like I'm trying to sell cool t-shirts here. Peeps is selling a billion bucks worth of nasty fucking marshmallows. What does that say about us, man? What does that say about us? Marshmallows were introduced and popularized in the U.S. in the early 1900s after this new stable marshmallow. <laughs> this new stable marshmallow manufacturing process was developed. Stable. I love that they keep calling it stable. Like this thing's going to fucking react and explode if, if you bring it near light. In 1948, the godfather of marshmallows, Alex Dumas, revolutionized the process for manufacturing them. He created and patented the extrusion process. This process involves taking the ingredients of the marshmallow, running it through tubes. Afterwards, the ingredients are cut into equal pieces and packaged, hence marshmallow cylinders, hence the booming marshmallow industry, hence big marshmallow. Move over, big tobacco. Move over, big oil. Big marshmallow. That was, that was the industry of the 1950s. They became extremely popular in the United States in the 1950s. Today, Americans fucking, of course, the fattest country in the world. Of course, Americans are the main consumers of, marshma of marshmallows. And you want to feel like shit. You want to not be proud to be an American. Americans buy, I'm going to puke. I'm going to throw up in my basement right now. I, I wish I had this on video. I actually have goosebumps at the stat I'm about to read. Literally goosebumps. My hand is, oh, Americans buy more than 90 million pounds of marshmallows annually. That is, that is the grossest shit I've ever heard in my life. Of course, we're the main consumers of marshmallows, dude. We're the fattest country in the world. Everybody's obese. Everybody's obese, dog. 90 million pounds? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's the grossest thing. I will say this. There is one little tidbit here at the end. There's how marshmallows are made. Who gives a fuck? I still can't believe the Egyptians cracked the code that long ago. That's actually very, very shocking. I would have guessed you needed like modern technology to create those fucking things. I guess they kind of discovered them rather than created marshmallows as we know them. Each summer, more than 50% of all marshmallows are sold 
and eventually toast it over a fire. Um, I don't know how they know that. I don't know. How they, what do you mean? How do you know? I mean, if that's that, again, if no one, if the National Confectionery Association isn't going to know, nobody is. But I don't really understand how you prove that stat. How how do you know what everybody does with their marshmallows? How can you prove 50% are toasted over a fire? If that's true, thank God. Thank God. Because that is truly the only acceptable way, if you ask me, to eat a marshmallow is in a s'more. Um, how can you prove that, though? Are they putting fucking trackers on these marshmallows? Like they, they raise over 40 degrees Celsius and it's like, all right, yep, that one got toasted. Check it off. How are you proving that fact? How, you sell the marshmallow and then it's gone. How do you know that it gets toasted? What what kind of statistic is that? <laughs> what kind of statistic? You know that 40% are toasted? How do you know that? I, I, that's like saying over 50% of, of cars are like, I don't know, driven on asphalt roads. How would anybody know that? How would you, how can you prove that? You sell the car and then it's gone. What do you mean? 50% of the marshmallows get toasted. I mean, I hope so. That number should be closer to a hundred. It still seems like a impossible stat to prove, but whatever. Shout out to Americans not being totally gross. All right. That's all I got today. Interesting topic. All I got Detroit tomorrow. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll be back tomorrow.